All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap in the first podcast of this postseason. That is correct. Celtics beat the Atlanta Hawks 112-99, take a 1-0 series lead. We are 15 games away from Banner 18. We're going to roll through today's podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows. Uh, and talk about the rest of this series here, because last time we spoke, uh, I was pretty confident that we were going to be facing Miami. So we talked a little bit about them, not a lot about Atlanta. So we'll dive into that at the end here as well. Uh, but to get things started, I want to give player of the game to Derek White. This was just a super, super efficient game from Derek White, start to finish. Uh, end of the night, 24 points, five rebounds, seven assists on a very efficient 7 of 13 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, and 6 of 7 from the free throw line. Everything he did tonight was super efficient. If you needed a bucket, Derek White was there to get you one. And if he wasn't there to get you one, he was basically assisting on that bucket. So overall, this is as good as it gets from Derek White. I heard that on the ESPN broadcast, uh, they were – really downplaying what he did for us last year, kind of being a bench player uh, and kind of emerging. While that's not necessarily true, I have said on this podcast, he is a much better, much different player this year than he was last year. I think all of it, all that it comes down to is just the fact that he's more comfortable within this team now. You know, he spent an entire season building chemistry with this team, learning the defensive scheme, uh, learning to fit within the offense as well. And he's just thrived in that position this year. Uh, so really, really good game from Derek White. Can't say enough good things about the guy uh, from what he's done all year. Obviously, today's a big piece of that. We want him to play like he's played all season long in the playoffs, which is obviously the most important thing. Uh, but outside of him, we also got you know really good contributions from the Jays in this one. Uh, Jalen Brown led the team in scoring 29 points, 12 rebounds. He actually led the team in rebounding as well. Uh, had three assists, a steal. Overall, played pretty well. Were there negative parts to his game that we'll talk about in the second half? Absolutely. Again, we'll talk about him. But 12 of 23 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, uh, and was super aggressive. Super aggressive getting to the rim. Also had four offensive rebounds in this one. Uh, but when the Celtics really needed buckets, JB stepped up, right? He had 13 points at halftime. Atlanta went on a huge run in that third quarter, uh, which again, we'll talk about. They outscored us 31, 20 in the third Jalen Brown went out there and had nine of the 20 points. Like he was getting Bucket after bucket after bucket when the Celtics really needed it because nobody could put the ball in the hoop. He stepped up in that third quarter. And then on top of that, also goes out, adds another nine in the fourth. Again, spelling a lot of big Atlanta runs. This was a game that the Celtics were up by as many as 30 points. And this Atlanta team got it all the way down to 12. So Jalen Brown stepped up 
in huge spots to kind of keep the Celtics afloat, keep that lead afloat. Uh, and it, it was much needed, very much needed. Jason Tatum got off. It was kind of the complete opposite for Tatum. He did virtually nothing in the second half, had four points the entire second half. However, came out scorching hot. Start of the game had 21 points in the first half of this game and was hitting on everything. Absolutely everything. Had 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 of 23 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. Got to the free throw line a couple times. But again, similar to Jalen Brown, very, very aggressive getting to the rim. This is a this is an Atlanta team that is very small. Very small. Like you're putting out DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. They had absolutely no answer for either of the Jays. They were bodying them. They were putting a shoulder in both of their chest, getting to the rim at ease. And this is exactly what they need to continue doing throughout this series. Uh, but really solid game overall, again, from both of the Jays. But that's not it. Right, you've got your big three from tonight's game, at least Jalen Brown, Derek White, Jason Tatum. Outside of that, you had other guys step up in major ways. Robert Williams, to me, was one of the one of the better guys on the team tonight. Twelve points, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. Uh, six of six from the field, perfect from the field, but defensively, huge presence down low, huge presence down low. Uh, and he was just one of the many pieces that the Celtics defensively threw at Atlanta. Marcus Smart was that other piece. Marcus Smart, this was probably his best defensive game that we have seen in a very, very long time. 11 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. So on the offensive side, he was contributing a lot as well. But defensively, 3 steals and 2 blocks. And was everywhere down the stretch. Uh, he had an offensive rebound on his own miss and then an immediate alley-oop to Time Lord in a game, in a point in the game where Atlanta, again, was on a big run. And then right after that, had a great transition block on Hunter late in the game with a minute and a half left or so. And then immediately after that, stole the ball from Bogdanovich with like a minute 18, I believe, left. It was actually called out of bounds. Uh, or a foul on Marcus Smart, Missoula, green light special, challenge the call. Celtics won it. Marcus Smart gets credited with another steal. So over and over, Marcus Smart was making huge plays on the defensive end. He bodied up Trey Young and DeJounte Murray for a lot of today's game. You look at this game for Trey Young, 16 points on 5 of 18 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3. DeJounte Murray, slightly more success, 24 points, but 10 of 25 from the field, terrible. 0 of 6 from 3, terrible. The Celtics did as good a job defensively as we have seen in a very long time. This Atlanta Hawks team, they're not very good, right? There's a reason that they are 41 and 41 on the season. However, they came out and throughout the entire course of the year, they led the Eastern Conference in scoring. They averaged 118.4 points per game, highest in the, the Eastern Conference. Sacramento and Golden State were higher than them, but again, Eastern Conference specific, they led the conference in points per game scoring. The Celtics held them to 99 points. 
right? This is as good as it gets on a string defensively. You have, you've got Robert Williams giving you pretty good minutes, played 22 minutes in this one, was a force down low. Then you've got Al Horford even, who also had a steal and two blocks. Didn't really talk about him much yet. We'll get to him. But defensively, this team stepped up to a completely different level that we haven't seen in a while. And this is Celtics playoff basketball. This is the team that we watched the beginning of part of this season. Offensively, it was there. First half, specifically, it was there. Defensively, the entire night, the Celtics stepped up. They forced very tough shots. And honestly, we're just challenging everything. Challenging everything, getting their hands in passing lanes, and taking care of the glass. This was a game where you know you thought that Atlanta had the edge in rebounding. We killed them on the boards. Part of that is due to the fact that the Celtics shot really well and Atlanta shot really poorly. Obviously, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna make all our shots, it doesn't really give Atlanta many opportunities to rebound. Uh, but Atlanta shot 38.8% from the field, 17% from three. Five of 29 from three. Like the like they had one guy, Bogdanovich was the only one that had multiple threes, and he was two of seven. So even he didn't shoot well. The Celtics got in everybody's face, forced tough shots, and they weren't falling for him. The Celtics defensively tonight, really, really strong showing. Really strong showing. Uh Outside of, you know, those main guys, I did mention Horford here, who defensively really solid. Uh, offensively, it was, a, it was a quiet night. Six points, uh, two of four from the field, but he hit a couple huge shots at points where the Celtics needed buckets. Uh, and then just defensively, we massive gr- block on Murray in transition. And then he had another crazy block in transition on Mari. He blocked Mari twice. Great, great defensive plays. And it's all hustle plays. Anything in transition is hustle. So give the old man some credit because he came out, defended at a super, super high level. And you'll love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, we did see some minutes from Malcolm Brogdon and Sam Hauser in this one. That was our eight-man rotation. No Grant Williams tonight. Uh, but if you recall from the last episode of this, I said that this series, regardless of the matchup, Atlanta or Miami, I think the matchup works in Sam Hauser's favor. It's not It's not that Grant Williams doesn't match up with Atlanta. I think he certainly could. But Atlanta's a small team. They run a small lineup for the most part, right? So it doesn't really you don't need to go with Grant in this position. And they didn't. They opted to go Jason Tatum at the four for the majority of this game. Uh, but they also, you know, had Horford and Time Lord out there at certain points. To me, this is a game where you probably played Al Horford too many minutes. He played 38 minutes, third highest on the team. I don't want to see that. I really don't. Overall, I think this was a really well-coached game from Joe Mazzulla, timeouts were there. When the Hawks made a run, he called timeout. When the Hawks changed their offensive scheme, he found out, he figured it out, and adapted defensively. 
like one of the one of the better plays that will go unnoticed for a lot of people in this one. Uh, it was with 14 seconds left in the third quarter, uh, either that or at half or at halftime. Uh, it was Atlanta ball. It was supposed to be a Celtics two for one, but it was a kickball. 14 seconds left. Subs out Sam Hauser. You don't need him on the. You're not. You don't need him on the offensive end because now the cl- the shot clock resets. Sends out Derek White, forces a tough shot. Celtics make the stop. So all these little things that are, you know, it's Joe Missoula adapting to what's in front of him, right? And he did it over and over tonight. That's one example that sticks out because it's something that we would never have seen in the regular season, but he made the adjustment tonight. He called the timeouts tonight. All of the things that so many people have criticized him for all season long, he did tonight. And I've been saying it all season long as well, right? Regular season and playoffs, not the same animal. Joe Mazzulla has come on every broadcast. He's done all those interviews and said he wanted guys to work through issues. And I've said, this isn't something that's going to happen come playoffs. He wants to get them ready because in situations he might not have timeouts, but in a game where you're up 30, you're going to, you're going to have all the timeouts you want. Right. There weren't many things that the Celtics were doing wrong in that first half. Second half, there were. He adjusted, he called timeout, and the Celtics kind of figured it out. So, really, just solid game overall from the Celtics. Uh, Really solid game overall. It wasn't perfect. Again, this was a game that the Celtics were up by 32 points, actually, and the Hawks got it all the way down to 12. Right. Clearly, there's a disconnect there somewhere. Uh, And I want to talk about it. Before we dive into some of the negatives, though, I want to take a quick break for Word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilizes the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. All right, so talk about some of the negatives here. You got to start with turnovers. Uh, the Celtics were sloppy in this one, plain and simple. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a perfect game by any means. Uh, they turned the ball over seventeen times. Some of the turnovers were painfully annoying, painfully annoying. Jalen Brown talked about earlier six turnovers tonight. One of his turnovers was literally walking up the court, nobody on him crosses half court, passes it backwards to Derek White, 
backcourt violation. Like it was just pure stupidity at times for the Celtics. Obviously Jalen Brown played a huge part in that, right? I give him credit where credit is due. I'll give him blame where blame is due. He was sloppy tonight. And I don't want to make excuses because I don't know if the finger has any impact on what is happening, but he had a pretty big bandaid bandage on his finger from the five stitches that he had because he would basically picked up glass, right? I don't know if that's impacting him. It didn't look like it from him shooting. Honestly, his handles at times looked super tight. He looked really good for the majority of tonight. There were a couple of plays. Obviously, the backcourt violation is has absolutely zero impact from the finger. It was just a lapse of judgment. Dumb. The other five, I don't know. They were disgusting too. Not quite as horrendous as the backcourt violation, but in general, the Celtics turned the ball over a lot, right? The Hawks didn't. The Hawks had 11 turnovers in this game. So they handled the ball pretty well, which bodes well for the Celtics, right? I think in general, the Celtics aren't a team that goes out and turns the ball over 17 times. One of the better teams in the league at controlling the ball. The Hawks actually are one of the best, but Boston's right up there. So this isn't a game where I'm super bummed about. Like, obviously, at the end of the day, the Celtics got lazy. The Celtics got lazy. It happens all the time. It's happened all the time, all the season long with the Celtics team. They get a big lead. They let it go down. They stop putting pressure on the ball. They stop trying to get to the rim. They start slowing the pace. And teams come back and it happened again tonight. Part of it because of the turnovers, we allowed 19 points off of those 17 turnovers. Uh, But really a large part of what allowed Atlanta to get back into this game was the Celtics offense slowing down. When the Celtics are at their best, they play exactly like they played in the first, which was being super aggressive, getting to the rim, but also pushing the pace in transition. The Celtics did a really, really good job of ball and player movement the entire first half. A lot of it stemmed from Jalen Brown pushing the pace on the offensive side. Uh, But you also have guys that are constantly throwing outlet passes up at half court, getting guys out in transition, whether it be Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown being the one that's actually running, or Jason Tatum being aggressive in that aspect. There are a lot of players on this team that are very capable of pushing the pace, but it's when the Celtics get a huge lead, they try to hold the lead instead of building the lead. And that's where the Celtics get caught up instead of trying to, you know, Mike Gorman said it best on the broadcast for anyone that watched it on NBC sports, Boston, Mike Gorman talked about it coming out of the halftime break and said, if Tommy Heinsohn were here, he would be saying, I hope they win by 60, right? 30-point halftime lead, he wanted him to win by 60, which means, obviously, completely unrealistic in the modern-day NBA, right? Teams do this all the time. However, the point is accurate, right? You should never go into a game or go into a second half expecting to lose the second half. And we lost the second half. 
right? We got outscored 31-20 in the third, 24-18 in the fourth. We played horrible on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, it wasn't terrible, right? 55 points in a half isn't terrible. That's 110 points for the game. That's still eight points better than what the Atlanta Hawks averaged if they basically doubled what they did in the second half. Because the first half, we held them to 44. It was ridiculously impressive, right? Again, that's not sustainable either. You're not going to hold an Atlanta Hawks team to 88 points after they average 118. The Celtics are capable of playing 48 minutes of basketball because we have seen it in tight games. But in games where they build a big lead, they tend to let them slip. And again, it starts with pace. The Celtics need to continue pushing the pace and running their offensive game, trying to continue to build leads instead of just hold on to them. That's where the downfall lies every single game. But at this point, that's all of the game recap that I want to go through. I want to talk about this Atlanta Hawks matchup here because this is, it should be a gentleman's sweep. A lot of people, a lot of analysts saying this is going to be a four-game series. I would love that. I'm very much in the camp of a gentleman sweep because Trey Young could go off. The Celtics could have an off shooting night and Trey Young could absolutely go off because he's capable of it. I think Trey Young is the most overrated player in the entire NBA. And then Tobias Harris is the most grossly overpaid player. Uh, with that being said, Trey Young is still very capable of going out there, putting up 50 points. So, it's very possible that the Celtics have an off shooting night on the exact same night that Trey Young has an incredible shooting night and the Hawks might be able to steal a game. With that being said, five games is the furthest I can see this series going. There is no chance I am expecting Atlanta to win more than one game. And I don't even know if they're going to win one. Honestly, I'd be pretty shocked if it happens but it's possible. It's possible. But this Celtics team matches up so well with them because you look at the way that they play. John Collins isn't your traditional big man. He's not going to go down and body you. Clint Capella can. However, he's also typically one a pretty good rim presence. When Al Horford's on the floor and they run single big, it is an absolute matchup nightmare for Atlanta because Clint Capella needs to be out guarding Al Horford. He cannot be in the lane defending the rim, which gives the Celtics a head start at the rim every time, right? Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. Murray is a pretty good defender. I'll give him that. However, very undersized in a matchup against JB. JB's probably got 40 pounds on the dude, right? And he is just going right at the chest of Murray and getting to the rim whenever he wants. Trey Young can't guard anybody. So if he ever gets caught on a mismatch, they're done. And this is why I'm so high on the Celtics to come out of this series and hopefully get some rest before the next series against presumably Philly, who also won today convincingly. Uh, but this is a really good matchup for the Celtics team. The Hawks, I'll give them credit. They don't turn the ball over. They have guys that are capable 
of getting hot. But they're a 500 team. They shouldn't even be in the playoffs, <laughs> honestly. Like, I just – I don't see it. They're lucky the play-in happened. You know, it's one of those situations where the Celtics should steamroll these guys. It's simple as that. Celtics should steamroll them. Uh, that's what I'm expecting for a lot of this series. I really want to see both of the Jays be super aggressive, getting to the rim. I want to see Marcus Smart continue playing at an elite level defensively and the rest of the guys following. I want to see Time Lord stay right around that 20-minute mark because, honestly, put the guy in bubble wrap. There were points of this game where I'm like, why is he even out there? The Celtics were up 32, and Robert Williams is still on the floor. Get the guy off the floor and put him in a straight jacket. Protect him. I don't know. But that's it. That's where we're going to wrap things up. This is going to be a, a fun but hopefully short series that the Celtics can get some rest towards the back end of it. That's where we're going to wrap things up, guys. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon.